my phone chirps. It's a guy I met at a gym, tells me he has crystal meth, ice, speed. It's the best drug for sex. It's the TMI Project Podcast. A series of stories about the too much information parts of ourselves we usually leave out because we're too ashamed or embarrassed. This is season four, Pride Stories. You're Julie Novak, you're a lesbian. And you're Blake File, and you're a gay. That is correct. This season, we're going to profile some of the most incredible LGBTQIA storytellers and follow their narratives right up until the moment they walk on stage and read their monologues live in front of an audience. Before we get started, just want to let you know that as the TMI implies, some of this content might be too much information for some listeners. If you or someone you know is struggling, there is always help 24-7 at thetrevorproject.org. And remember, your support keeps our content free and accessible to everyone who wants to listen, gay or otherwise. So if you like what you hear and you're able to chip in, thank you. You can do so at tmiproject.org, where you can also find some fabulous merch. Yes, speaking of which, this season is brought to you by Mr. Julie Tease. And you guessed it, I'm Mr. Julie, your co-host and the designer of custom queer AF t-shirts. Don't just say gay, scream it out loud with Mr. Julie Tease. A portion of our proceeds from all t-shirt sales will be donated to TMI Project to keep the creation and amplification of queer stories alive. Follow me on Instagram at Mr. Julie Tees and shop your favorite styles at MrJulieTees.com. Now, let's dive in. What is up, Pride Story listeners? We're so glad to be back here with you to introduce you to our next storyteller, Liam who, after getting kicked out of his house, moved to New York City and found his calling as a dancer. Liam is one of my closest friends. I met Liam before he got involved with TMI Project. When he came and told this story, I didn't know any of it. I didn't know that he had this battle between crystal meth and dancing. He had never let on. Now I have a shared vocabulary with him because... We both identify with being addicts in recovery. We constantly overlook this issue of addiction in the queer community. And as someone who is in recovery, I know there's a lot of struggle out there. Especially because there's this desire in places like Provincetown to be free and be yourself. And there's a lot of partying. And sometimes it gets looked at as like, I'm like going out, I'm going dancing, I'm doing these fun things. But then... Underneath it is, wait a minute, this is a little bit deeper. It's so much to me about the oppressiveness of growing up queer and having to hide yourself and using substances to make yourself bigger. It was a totally different experience. Like so many lesbians of my era that I know took pretty deep dives into alcohol and drugs to cope with either being in straight relationships that they felt they had to be in, getting married, having all the pressures or... For me, I was depressed because I didn't think I'd ever really be able to be who I was. Drinking was a way to just numb out. Addiction is merely trying to escape reality. And there's a lot underneath that. But for queer people, that definition actually is so palpable because for me, 
I needed it to amp up who I wished that I could be because I wanted to be somebody different. I was a gay man who was raised to not love himself. And drugs and pills were an easy way to just put that over there and not actually have to deal with the truth of the matter. That's what's so great about finding recovery. There's the other saying, the opposite of addiction is connection. And when I was using, I was so isolated. I think about somebody like you, somebody like Liam, who has so much joy mm. and vibrancy to bring into the world. And we wouldn't have gotten to experience any of that had this addiction still controlled our lives. It's a celebration of feeling good in your own skin and choosing yourself. The story that Liam's going to share today, he is grappling with choice. I'm excited to share it. Yeah. And I, I really hope that it can help somebody make a change because it is painful dealing with addiction. It is so painful. So let's get right to the goodness and love um, and hear Liam's story. And don't forget everyone to stay tuned after the story to hear all about what Liam is up to today. And I'm going to hit the proverbial play button now. When I'm 15, on New Year's Eve, my dad and uncle get me drunk. I want to believe they did it because they want my first time to be under their supervision. But I have my suspicions. Maybe they just think it's funny. Maybe I'm the entertainment. I consume nine shots of Patron and two Smirnoff ices. Instead of kissing my family when the ball drops, I drop. I'm hugging the toilet for the next 20 minutes. The next morning, I'm still really sick, but my mother gives me the list of chores to do. First task, clean the toilet. My aunts tell me that when I was little, my mother adored me. There are photos of her holding me as a baby, where she looks young and happy to be a mom. But that's something I've only seen in pictures. When I'm 17, she kicks me out of the house. I get into trouble with the law after I use a credit card and steal from an unlocked card to buy coconut water, a carton of cigarettes, a pack of Phillies blunts at a gas station. That's two felony charges. I go to jail for 30 days because nobody wants to bail me out. All for $67 worth of stuff. When I'm done with probation, I move from Spring Hill, Florida to New York City. I'm one 20 year old trying to make it in the city with eight and a half million people. Ironically, I feel alone. An older man takes me on a date to see a dance performance in Union Square. I've never been introduced to anything involving the performing arts before. I cannot believe it. The way they use their bodies to tell stories without words. I'm working at a restaurant with a girl who's a ballerina. She takes me to dance classes and puts me in a show. It's like I was put on this earth to dance. I have found my calling. Then one chilly night in October, I'm alone in my apartment in Brooklyn, lying in my red hammock, listening to Patti Smith singing Gloria on my roommate's record player. Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. <laughs> Milting in a pot of thieves, wild cards up my sleeve. My phone chirps. It's a guy I met at a gym. My heart starts pumping as if I just finished running a mile. Hey, he texts. Hey, back. After two minutes of back and forth, <laughs> He asks me over and he tells me he has tea. I text back, I only drink chamomile after dark. 
T, he tells me, is short for Tina. Crystal meth, ice, speed. It's the best drug for sex. I'll try anything twice, I say. Infamous last words. That night when the meth hits my brain, my bloodstream, it's like feeling love for the first time. Nirvana. T lifts all my worries, my loneliness, my fears are taken far beyond my reach. Feel like Superman. I like who I am when I'm high. Eccentric, exciting, carefree, like an avatar of myself. That's the me that the successful men with money fall in love with, but not the sober one. Or so I think. My avatar is the one they want to care for. Affection and attention are what I want. It's not just about the sex, it's uh, about the energy too. I go to clubs all over the city where I know the DJs and the promoters. I sit at VIP tables with free vodka and dance until 4am. In the beginning I can manage a double life, going to massage school at the Swedish Institute during the day and partying all night. I go to dance classes across the city, but it's hard to train and become a professional dancer when you're an emerging method. And unfortunately, I chose the meth. I take an offer to join a married couple in Cape Town, South Africa to help them open a bar. They pay for everything and it's all going swimmingly for about a month until I meet their ballet dancer friend, Zachary, at an event. We hit it off and they don't like it. I'm the boy toy, the entertainment, so they kick me out. When I get back to New York, I'm depressed, but meth is always there to pick me up. My little dose of confidence, like a thousand espressos and a good friend. The guy from the gym forgot to mention how bitter, broke, and tired meth makes you. After a few years, I start to bottom out. One night at work in the Lower East Side, I pass out. They call an ambulance for me, and that's the end of that job. When I'm between places and no place to crash, I sleep inside bank ATMs to stay warm. The line between my double life fades. I'm trapped and scared and waiting for someone to come and take me away from this uncertainty for somewhere to lay my head. Then there's Joe. He's one of my best massage clients and he's never afraid to flash some cash to get his way. When I complain about my broken phone screen, he presents me with an iPhone 7 on Christmas morning. I live with him for about nine months. Joe is supportive as I start to get serious about kicking meth. I try to stay busy, take improv comedy classes, and we get a mini golden doodle named Ozzy. It's great on paper, but sobriety is hard fucking work and I don't love Joe. I feel guilty and out of place. Besides, Joe can't teach me what I have to learn for myself. So I pack my things and head to Poughkeepsie to live with my grandmother. Now I'm building a life up here in the Hudson Valley. I've had a great job at a restaurant for over a year and I'm dancing again. I love the feeling of moving in a dance studio. When I'm dancing, I am almost at peace. This is my nirvana. Yesterday, I made butternut squash soup with extra garlic. It was delicious. Crystal meth helped me create an avatar who I can hide behind and keep myself safe from being hurt again. Not a day goes by that I don't think about meth or the struggle with the choice. But every day that I choose this new life over the old, I choose love. And the safe space I'm creating gets a little bigger and there's a little bit more room to dance. Thank you. We got a chance to talk to Liam recently, and here's what he had to share. It was very freeing. It was like the same feeling I had whenever I told the first person that I was gay, kind of like that feeling where I had just had this weight off of me. 
My grandmother is forever telling me how proud she is of me every day because she knows where I come from. It's really nice to have someone who you love know who you are. After I told my story, I went to school for digital cinematography. I just got my bachelor's in April. And as far as the relationship with myself, it just couldn't be more different. I now look at myself and see a respectable creative who is here to be a vessel for light and love. I've been with my partner for a year and a half now. I'm currently in the works of creating a garden. We got sweet red bliss potatoes, golden potatoes, yellow beans, cucumbers, tomatoes, radishes, beets, and collards, and kale. We've got a mystery box. We just planted stuff because we couldn't remember what it was, and I could not be happier. A very special thanks to Liam for sharing his story. Yes, thank you so much, Liam. Next up is the one and only Bailey Buckles, who shares her inspiring story of claiming her trans identity, learning to survive, and discovering hope in the process. I'm Blake, the gay. And I'm Julie, the lesbian. Thank you so much for joining us. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps. TMI Project is available to offer true storytelling workshops and performances for your school or workplace. This episode of Season 4 of the TMI Project podcast, Pride Stories, was produced in partnership with Radio Kingston. It was edited and produced by Eva Tenuto and mixed by Stevie Manns. Our theme song is Secrets by Edison Woods. Our operations and programs manager is you, Blake File. That's right. And our marketing and digital coordinator is Laura Marie Ruoco. Our administrative assistant is Elijah Jackson. Our graphic designer is Lauren Gill. And our workshop leaders are Perla Aora, Capely Kalnick, Haley Downs, Rain Grayson, Ray Lipkind, Dara Lurie, Micah, Eva Tenuto, you, Julie Novak, and me, Blake File. To learn more, support our work, and find a special writing prompt so you can start telling your own pride story, visit tmiproject.org forward slash podcast.